Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoking audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. There's a part of me that feels like a 50-year-old Tupac is not going to be he ain't the hero we want him to be. That's not going to be the greatest rapper of all time. Right. That's just going to be a dude with some trash-ass opinions about, like, women and respectability politics. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's a whole different animal. Now we're looking at his stuff all through the lens of, you know, whatever that year is. Even if it was today. We're looking at it yeah. all through the lens of 2020. We're like, bro, you and right. Harvey, Harvey going to share a jail cell if you don't right. calm down. <laughs> Tupac. <laughs> Shut up, man. You're weird. Your jeans are too big and you're making me uncomfortable with your thoughts. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another, a magnificent, a devastating, a spectacular episode of My Mama Told Me, the podcast where we dive deep, deep, super deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories, and we finally figure out where the government is hiding Jazzy Faye. Where's Jazzy, government? We know you got him. Fuck Carmen San Diego. Show me where Jazzy Faye is. Where in the world is Jazzy Faye? Ladies, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. I need to know where Jazzy Faye is. He didn't do anything to anybody. The man's probably, he probably did. I have no idea. I haven't been doing my Jazzy Faye research. Maybe he got canceled some point along the way and I just don't know. This is exciting. I'm your host, Langston Kerman. As always, I was thinking about this the other day, that this is the only, I think, and I dare to say this, this is the only conspiracy theory podcast where we say the word nigga, and it's not coming from a place of hate. 
Do you know what I mean? Every other conspiracy theory podcast, they call people nigga, and it's it's a mean nigga. But this is a kind nigga. This is a loving nigga. My dad hates that I say the N-word so much. But you know who doesn't hate that I say the N-word? I have no idea how he feels about me saying the N-word. It's my guest today. He's spectacular. He's hilarious. He's an amazing actor. A champion of champions you know him from insecure you know him from mrs america you know him from his podcast the untold story policing he's the best give it up for my guest today mr jay ellis (laughs) are koala bears racist for real i don't know i heard that whisper in there i heard that whisper in there (laughs) Uh, (laughs) you know what it is they're from australia and i feel like Almost everybody in Australia is pretty racist, so oh, I'm willing to go that way. Oh, I won't hold a koala bear ever now. Yeah, ever. you shouldn't. They're also <laughs> filled with diseases. <laughs> There's like a real rule. I don't know if you've ever been to Australia, but there are like real rules in certain cities that you're actually not allowed to hold koala bears because they are, number one, super like endangered and also uh, covered in diseases. That they only give to black people. Yeah, specifically, <laughs> yeah. they hold out. <laughs> They're like, nope. This are you dark? This are you darker than a paper bag? Is you darker uh, than a paper bag? <laughs> no, you don't get it today. You don't get it. You don't get it. <laughs> the koala bears love the paper bag test. They can't get enough of it. Oh, How are man. you? I'm good, bro. How you doing? I'm doing all right. This this is a good day. I'm glad you're here. You brought to us a conspiracy theory that. That I feel like, and I dare say, is the first conspiracy theory I ever subscribed to. That, like, okay. I ever was like, oh, wow, I think I believe in something that the world doesn't want me to believe in, if that okay. makes sense. Okay. You said, and I want to make sure I get this right, you said, my mama told me. Tupac is alive and hiding in Cuba. Yeah, she got it from a magazine, bro. She got it from one of the joints in the grocery <laughs> aisle. You know what I'm saying? And she came home one day and she showed it to me. And she was like, you got to believe it because the Enquirer said it. Sure. <laughs> Why would and the National like, Enquirer lie to us? I mean, they're a truth teller, right? Like, that's what they uh-huh. do. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, they I rocked published with it. it. It's <laughs> yeah. got to be real. It's got to be, bro. They had pictures. They had facts. I don't know if they were <laughs> where they got the facts from, but they had them. You know, they had them. They put them in bold, so you knew that they were legit. <laughs> yeah. Wait, so so your mother, in fact, was the person that first introduced this to you? So here's the thing. So my grandpa, my mom's dad, was a truck driver, and okay. when he would stop, any he drove all across the country, right? And his thing was literally to get the inquire all the yeah. all the what do they call those things now i can't even think of them he would get all tabloids. the magazines the tabloids there you go yeah. he would get all the tabloids along his stops right so as he would stop and see us we were in Tulsa Oklahoma at the time and when he would stop and see us he would always like give a little bit of wisdom so sure. i think my mom was actually <laughs> i think my mom was actually like he was the first person that told me there was an alien cult that worshiped oprah for example you know what i mean Oh, okay. He was okay. Well, that's how they get He was them. out that's there just they, throwing he, them. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming back home every time with a little treat for yeah, you yeah. to go a little more crazy with out in Tulsa. Just let's shake things up around here. And then he get in his truck and he dip. Well, I think right. my, my mom, I think, was actually telling me this as a joke. I think she was like playing. 
She was. I yeah. think she was making fun of my grandpa. You know what I'm saying? I don't think she was necessarily truthful that Pac was hiding in Cuba. Maybe she was. I don't know. I should ask right. her about it. But I remember her coming home one day and she had bought an Inquirer and it was like one of those super, super grainy photos of like mm-hmm. a black Cuban on a beach who happened right. to be bald headed. <laughs> Just one dude with a goatee, and it was like, that's too, there he is. And he had a tattoo, you know what I'm uh, saying? <laughs> it didn't even say thug life. It just said uh, trabajo, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so after that, you know what I'm saying, she, she, she put it in my head. I got you. And so, and so she puts this in your head. Well, your grandfather, he puts it in her head. She puts this in your head. Right. And then you, do you believe it? Are you 100% bought in? Yeah. I think we all were like, do you remember the first mm-hmm. time you heard about it? I think when we all first, I think when we saw the images, cause even the images weren't so clear that it was him because his head was turned the other way, I think, or it was kind of like yeah. slumped down. So like it almost felt like it could be staged or it could have been somebody else. And so, yeah, I fully believed that Pac was in Cuba a hundred percent. Well, to your point, so many of the images related to Tupac's death were like unfinished. Do you know what I mean? Like we never got like a definitive that's Tupac. He dead photo. Yeah, yeah. And so I think everybody was like, I don't know, bro. There, <laughs> there's a lot of space for negotiation at this point because we don't know. We never saw it. Nobody saw him dead. Also, everybody knew somebody bought. I went to school with a kid named BJ Coleman. BJ looked like a young Pac. Like everybody knew uh-huh. somebody who shaved their head, who had a mustache or who had a goatee, who like at the right distance in the right, right. light <laughs> with some fake gold on that's going to turn their ears green. Listen, you know from I mean? 100 yards away, I am Tupac. If you get me, <laughs> 100 yards away, I'm Tupac. Up close, I'm, you know, I'm a completely different person. But at a certain angle in the right light, yeah, we man. could all be Tupac. You're right. It's a fascinating thing because I remember specifically hearing that Tupac had gotten shot and mm-hmm. he didn't die instantly. Mm-hmm. And so I think so many of us, like the other times that he got shot, were like, oh, he'll be all right. Yeah. He'll bounce He's back. Going, he'll <laughs> yeah. bounce back. And then yeah. he he supposedly didn't bounce back. And so it was like, nah, I think he bounced back. Yeah. <laughs> it's just right. like, I, I refuse to think otherwise. And then when all the stuff came out about, like, the relationship with Suge and not paying Mm -hmm. him and buying him cars to drag him along and all that, then you're like, oh, I understand why a dude would fake his death and right. Like, it all started to, like, make sense where you're like, oh, like, the cops are mad at him for this. Suge won't pay him. He got, you know, he feel like he in a deal with the devil he can't get out of. You understand why this dude, you know what I'm saying, is like, yo, I'm going to fake my death and run. You get it. Right. So to your point, and I think this is very fair, he had legitimate reasons to want to fake his death. This wasn't like a guy who just did it for entertainment value. He legitimately was caught up in like, you know, what they call like the 360 deal and like the whole really? thing yeah. where he's being scammed out of his money. Tupac was the most famous man alive who basically wasn't benefiting from his own celebrity. Exactly. Exactly. So, I, I mean, if I'm in that situation, you know, the insurance money looks good <laughs> for the fam. You know what I mean? The, the insurance right. check looks good for the fam. If I'm in that situation, you know what I mean? There's yeah. only so many people you can go to for help because you are who you are. Okay. So you hear this, you believe it. Do mm-hmm. you start spreading it are you the The uh, conceiver of this conspiracy theory are you patient zero in your school or do you go and people are like yeah we already knew that jay we got it all figured out my middle school was all black 
And I okay. feel like so everybody in my school knew about it. Every, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was like I got there and I was late. You know what I mean? I got sure. there and they was like, "Man, where you been, bro? Where you been?" Like, <laughs> right. of course he hiding this, in Cuba. <laughs> this is in the curriculum. We learned yeah. that in English class. <laughs> like Mr. Williams was teaching about it last week before he was even dead. So what you talking right. about? <laughs> uh, you know the nigga gonna die and go to Cuba, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, there was a couple kids I could, that even pop in my head that I could think of who looked at me sideways like, yeah, man, what you mean? Like, of course he in Cuba. Like, he yeah. bought a house. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, right. his kids is with him. His wife is with him. And, like, he just kicking it. Making Damn. music with, you know what I'm saying? Bob Marley or somebody. You know what I mean? Right. Like, they just started adding on to the conspiracy. Who else was down there with him? <laughs> well, that's where, to me, became challenging to keep following the train is, like, people started like suggesting all the people that knew and were a part of the conspiracy theory and it's like you don't get to disappear and kick it do you know what i mean like you don't get to keep vibing with everybody that's cool while simultaneously yeah. fully disappearing off of the face right. of the earth somebody gonna snitch exactly nobody's being that cool where they're just like all right i won't tell anybody Pac. especially for free yeah, for free. <laughs> also, we can all travel to Cuba at this point, which has been completely cut off from America. Yeah. But that's fine. No resources. A communist-ran country. Like, let's just, uh -huh. go, let's just go down there and kick it. That's what we're going to go do. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we'll just hang out with Tupac. <laughs> okay, so you believe it. Your friends at school believe it. Is yeah. there a point in your life where you stop believing in this theory at what point do you jump off of the tupac is in cuba train or have you jumped off maybe you still bought in no i jumped off I, I did jump off so here's what i think would happen i think in 2000 there was all the conspiracies that like that's when he was going to come back right yes. it was the mayan calendar in 2000 uh. is when Pac was going to come back those were the two <laughs> things it was like i don't know which one to believe and where right. i'm from where i'm from is the bible belt like it's a church on every single corner and so like there were churches that literally would buy billboards and put up like the mayan prophecy and like that the world was going to come to an end in 2000 right but Whoa. then i would go to school wait hold yeah, on bro. wait yeah. so these churches are super conservative churches yeah they would get billboards saying that the world was going to come to like are you good with god you know what i'm saying oh. have you repented for your sins because the end is near right coming so in they're 2000. doing like they're doing like some cross-branding shit they're like all right well if y'all all think the world is ending jesus <laughs> is still the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> you got to get good with jesus otherwise that mind that's gonna get you <laughs> that's gonna get you <laughs> so you can come over here or you can deal with the mind. <laughs> or you, you can deal with the mind. <laughs> and they ain't even around no more. So we don't even know how to act with them. Do your thing. You choose. Yeah. So it was a combination of that. And then all of a sudden, like in school, it just started floating around. And like Pac was going to come back in 2000. So here I am thinking like, oh, one of the two is going to happen. Either the mm -hmm. world is going to end or technology is going to melt everything down. Remember that whole thing where they thought it was all going to go back to zeros? They thought like yeah. the computers weren't ready <laughs> for right. 2000. Why they were going to Y2K, and it blows my mind still that this was what Y2K was, but that was the whole premise, was that our computers weren't going to be able to figure out the difference between 0000, 000, 000 in 2000, and so it would make rockets go off and explode the entire planet. Kind of satellites were going to come falling out of the sky. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Cell phones were going to be like crisscrossed with like you know, uh, uh, government signals, you know what I mean? Right. Government radio. 
So it was like all this stuff was happening at once, and then Pac was supposed to come back. So I feel like for me, when none of it happened, I think that's when I got off the conspiracy train altogether. I think like I got you. You right? When my computer didn't shut down, I was still (laughs) able to get up, get on AOL. You know what I'm saying? And still go to uh, Black Planet the next day. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I was still able to do that on the next day. The world was still there. You had bought it went to waste. (laughs) Cans of of green beans you had locked in the basement were unuseful. It's like, all right, well, maybe Pac isn't coming back. You brought up something that I'm sure our white listeners uh, have no idea about, but was a very important thing to me in my youth, Black Planet. Let's talk a little Black Planet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir. Were you active? Were you an active member of Black Planet? I was for a little bit. I was through college, and then I got off. I was for a little bit. I ended up going, the school that I went to, if you were Black at my school, you were an athlete. So there was very few of us there. Yeah, uh, and then just in general, the city. Even I was in Portland, Oregon, so even being in that city, it didn't have a huge black population. Yeah. So, uh, Black Planet was a way. At first, it was a way for me to kind of connect with like all my people who were either back home or friends of mine who went to you know some of my friends went to Howard and you know uh, right. Grambling and like went to black schools and so uh, HBCUs and so it was uh, partly a way for me to kind of like keep connected with them. And then after a while, yeah. I just kind of fell off. And then actually, then Facebook kind of kicked in. And right. Then I, I kind of like fell off and got on the Facebook train. Yeah, because Black Planet sort of existed in that weird window between MySpace and Facebook that yeah. like MySpace, I guess we would say is the one that initiated it all. But then Bla- Black Planet came around and people were like, yeah, this is yeah. cool. Black people yeah. talking to black people, <laughs> hollering yeah. at black girls who I don't know. <laughs> like that was the whole energy. And then Facebook came around. We were like, I don't know. I'm just going to talk to these college kids that I actually relate to. Yeah. And you can compete. I mean, Facebook had just gotten so massive at that point. Even out the gate, it was huge. So it was right. hard to compete. You know what I mean? Out the gate, it was big. So it was it was hard to uh, it was hard to compete. I think in that. In that yeah, way. that's fair. I think Facebook it, it just had the branding behind it that yeah. a lot of the black planets of the world just couldn't match. And that's probably yeah. true about a lot of black products out in the world. <laughs> like we'd be making some cool shit, but then the Mark Zuckerberg show up and they do it with all the money, and we can't. Yeah, you can't compete take it market it flip it yeah sell it back to you all right so you stopped believing in this tupac thing yeah since have you found yourself jumping back on board at any point have there been times throughout the because tupac's sort of uh much like the year 2000 i think there's been a bunch of other markers that mm-hmm, people have mm-hmm. thrown out of like mm-hmm. well this is the 20th year which means he'll be right. back now because yeah. the you know blah 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 and it's like the machiavelli been, the yeah exactly the, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the different claims of why he waited this long have sort of popped we've gone through all of them all the windows at this yeah. point has there ever been a point where you were like all right i'm back on board i think maybe there's a possibility I'll say this. When Pac was at Coachella as a hologram, uh-huh. I was there that year. Okay. And my thought process might have been inhibited in some ways, if you understand <laughs> what I'm saying. And so, you know, uh, seeing the hologram made me start thinking, like, what if Pac actually came back, right? right. And so then I went down this whole thing of, like, okay. First, I'm thinking, like, yo, what if Pac popped up on stage 
with mm-hmm. his hologram and him and the hologram are battling right like yeah. that was my first thought like <laughs> just like how crazy would that be to see Pac and his hologram but then like would Pac be out of shape and the hologram is like you know like right. diesel out and there's like, no way he's still buff this yeah, one you know he's in his 40 deep in his he's probably 50 deep. now like yeah yeah <laughs> and then like does real Pac know all the lyrics still or is he out right. of breath you know what I mean uh-huh. like while uh hologram Pac is like just killing it like he's on right. he's, like, he's on he's got all of it um and then i started thinking about like regretting the words that he wrote down in 1996 he probably about his kids like yeah damn i got a daughter man like (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying i can't be up here performing i gotta go see my kids (laughs) talking about how do you want it i got a daughter you know what i'm saying (laughs) so uh then i started thinking about like what would happen if Pac actually came back like how would we receive Pac? How, how would Pac fit in to this world you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like by that time you you know yay is huge jay-z has been doing it for 15 years at that point almost 20 years at that point eminem is coming gone nelly you know what i'm saying yeah. you have all these rappers of the time nas whatever you've got all these rappers of the time who've like come and gone and whatever that new crop of rappers was at the time like would he be able to like be up there on stage with them and like spit with them you know what i mean like, yeah like what would that be like I think that's the scary part about all celebrity, if you will, is that like, I mean, we've heard it over and over again. It's like you either die young enough to be a hero or you live long enough to become the villain kind of thing. Right, right, right. right. I mean, the best case scenario is Pac does like a snoop, right? And you just become like, you know, the type of dude who does cooking shows and like weird sort of like you vibe with Martha Stewart and you sort of like build yourself as this cutie pie in the media or worst case scenario, you know, he turns into whatever the scariest version of what Tupac was back when he was, you know, at his height at a PCA meeting. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Going off on some kids. Right. (laughs) He's just spitting on a white lady across the way. Fuck you mean I can't come to the bake sale? <laughs> yeah. My folk folk gonna make sure all your kids don't grow. <laughs> Wait a minute, Pop. You can't say that at a school. Pop, you can't say that at a school. There are actual children here. You can't speak that way anymore, man. All right, we're gonna take a break and we'll be back with more Jay Ellis and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of smoke and audio. Connect the stories. 
change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Yeah, <laughs> we're back here with more Jay Ellis, more My Mama Told Me. We're still talking about the possibility that Tupac is still alive, kicking it in Cuba. This is going to lead us easily into the research. So were there any other locations that you felt were possibilities for Tupac still being alive? Yeah, I, I heard he went to like a Polynesian, Southeast Asia type island for a while, mm-hmm. you know, something like that for a while. And then remember when Dave Chappelle went to Africa? Yeah, I heard <laughs> like I remember uh, one of my homeboys was like, hey, you know, Chappelle is going to see Pac <laughs> in Tanzania. And I was like, really? That don't feel right. Like, right. What are they going to talk about? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> <laughs> they don't even make sense. So they're going to do Kilimanjaro together. They're going to go on a hike. Like, right. Although that's I would what... love to be a fly on the wall for that conversation at the same time, because it would be a I... lot of genius. I mean, that's the thing is like you want it to be real because it's like, oh, the greatest with the greatest. That'd be cool to witness. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know that Dave Chappelle and Tupac have a lot to like vibe on. (laughs) Like this dude's been gone for however many years. Dave Chappelle is sort of at the height of celebrity. Maybe they talk about that for a while. But then after that, they live very different lifestyles. Very, very different lifestyles. All right. Well, I think uh, all of that is useful because it it brings us into the research. And the Tupac lives in Cuba is just one facet, I guess, of so much of what I found. I ended up stuck in a lot of YouTube videos uh, (laughs) where it it included people explaining conspiracy theories. And then it was like people who had like basically made deep fakes of songs of Tupac, like explaining exactly how he escaped from uh, University Medical Center and made it out of the United States. It's a mind melting journey that I think I ended up on. But one of the places along with Cuba that sort of uh, became popular as a place that Tupac might have ended up in was uh, Malaysia. Okay. You remember hearing anything about Malaysia? Okay. Maybe that's one of those like East Asian island like rumors that I heard for a while. Yeah. Like he was in Bali or something like that. Well, no, that's Indonesia, I guess. But yeah. okay, go ahead. <laughs> so apparently, Suge Knight's son in 2019, Jacob Knight, which how dare you name your son Jacob when your name is Suge, man. I know it's not your birth name, but you got to come up with something better than Jacob. You could have came up with something better than that. Right. You could have been like, <laughs> pep, pep, pep. Right. <laughs> come on now. Uh, <laughs> but so uh, Suge Knight's son, Jacob Knight, claims and posted it on Instagram. He had an IG video where he claims to have met up with Tupac in Malaysia in like this busted ass apartment where he's just basically like hanging out with him and he has like all these videos of what is supposed to be Tupac and it's just this black dude much like what we talked about from a distance with the mustache and the beard (laughs) 
bald. He had the bandana tied up because apparently Tupac hasn't changed his look in 30 years. But he's is it the sitting same there. bandana for 30 years ago, or is he it's, like getting new bandanas in Malaysia? I want to believe it's the same one. I want to think it's his lucky bandana, and he's just been wearing it for 30 years. But he's sitting in an apartment, and Jacob keeps going, what up, Pac? How you doing, Pac? What's going on, Pac? And the dude who's supposed to be Tupac won't say anything. He just, like, is staring back at the camera unresponsive. Do we know if there's been any substance abuse issues uh, in the Knight family? (laughs) (laughs) I have to assume so. I I I'm not, I you know, I'm not judging it. I want everybody to get help. I just would like sure. to know <laughs> if that aided in the conversation with Pac. I think what was happening was uh, at the exact same time Jacob Knight was dropping a documentary about his relationship with his father, who was then and currently is in jail. Right. Uh, and I think that he was using this as potential press for the release of that documentary because I watched a bunch of interviews where he basically went on news shows and they were like, so was it really Tupac? And he'd be like, you have to watch my documentary to find <laughs> out. And it's like, ugh, your ass out of here. Did you watch the doc? I did not. I couldn't bring myself <laughs> to give Jacob Knight my money. It doesn't feel like it's going to a good place. Nah, nah. Okay, so here's my favorite of the other alternative places where Tupac is supposed to have gone. My mm-hmm. favorite is there's actually a current uh, film being made by a guy named Rick Boss. Have you heard of Rick Boss? He's no. not at all related to Rick Ross. No, they're not. They're not. They're not cousins. <laughs> it's not a cousin. He's not from Miami. He's not like plus size. He is plus size. That part. <laughs> does, he, does he have the? <gasps> <laughs> He's plus size and he has breathing problems, much like a Rick Ross. But his name is Rick Boss, and he is making a film right now about Tupac's escape, not to Cuba. Not to Malaysia, but in fact to New Mexico. He claims that uh, Tupac escaped University Medical Center and went to New Mexico to live amongst the Navajo tribe. So he didn't go that far. So first of all, Uh um, my guess is, I mean, I, I don't know the Navajo tribe very well, but my guess is much like any other culture and any other group of people, it's always a snitch in the group. Yep. At least one. Yep. So my guess is somebody would have came out like, hey, bro, you're not Native American. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're not with us. Hey, man, we don't know you. Yeah. <laughs> you don't just get to fly in and, like, make yourself at home. Like, you can't come to the picnic? What's up, bro? No. Uh, right. <laughs> that don't, that, that, something about that don't make sense. Also, it feels like if you're going to run, you know, he was in Vegas at the time. That's like, a, what, 300 miles, 400 miles, 500 mm-hmm. miles maybe to New Mexico. It feels like you want to get a little bit further away. Uh, than New Mexico? I, I totally agree. And I think the claim that Rick Boss makes is that Tupac is able to sort of find protection because of like the government laws about like mm-hmm. treading on Navajo land, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That in theory, they are able to protect him better than anyone else within the borders of the United States. Where I take issue with this is that white people have uh, stolen and done things <laughs> on that land that's protected for centuries. They're not tripping off of the idea of going to arrest someone on your land just because right. it's Navajo. They do it all the They've time. They've been doing that. They've been exactly. doing that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. But the Navajos, I will say, like the Navajos are known to be some bad motherfuckers. Like they, okay. they were warriors. They were warriors. <laughs> uh, 
they also <laughs> they have thug life written on their belly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about that one, man. I feel like that one's a little too, um, it's just too close. It feels like if you sure. don't go, you got to go. Well, my favorite part of this Rick Boss movie, because it's not, I want to be clear, this is not a documentary. Who is playing who? Thank you so much for asking that, because this is, in fact, my favorite part. Tupac is being played by a Mexican man named Richard Garcia. <laughs> 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 hey, and what? let me when I say Mexican, I don't mean a black Mexican. I mean a very Mexican man who vaguely looks like a Mexican Tupac is playing the role of Tupac in Brick Boss's film. What are you talking about? Is this okay? Let me ask you this: Is his complexion the same as Pac's? He, it is not. It is closer to mine, which uh, I assure you is not at all mistakable for Tupac. In any way, for I just, our listeners at home, I'm so confused. <laughs> there's a substantial difference between my skin color and Tupac's skin color. How did they do this casting, bro? <laughs> like, was it like I don't know? Was it an open casting call? Is it Rick Boss's cousin? Like, how, what is going on here? This makes no sense. They have to be related somehow. But my favorite part of all of this is that when asked whether or not he personally believes in the conspiracy. Richard Garcia responded, nah, he gone. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> I like Richard. Like, I like nah. Rich. Yeah. He's like, listen, Rick Boss pays me. I'm a big fan. Yeah, he has so much to pull from uh, <laughs> in his research on the character, at least what he's been doing since 96, 97. You know what I mean? Uh, even though he believes he's gone. I, I feel like <laughs> I, I'm interested to see where that's going to go. It's a fascinating journey to see this man make a feature length film that nobody is going to buy into and even including his fucking main actor. But come on, man. Like, let's just talk about this for one quick second. Are we saying that this is an imagination as like what would happen if Pac was alive and that's where he went? Or no, is no, no. Rick Boss <gasps> saying that 100 <laughs> percent Pac went to a Navajo reservation? He is saying he knows for a fact through his connections to apparently he knows Snoop Dogg somehow and knows like uh, oh, wow. members of Tupac's family. He says that he spoke to them and they have assured him that Tupac is in New Mexico being protected by the Navajo Nation. I don't know. I just don't. I feel like uh, Fanny Shakur is not going to sign off on this. Like Something I, just makes me <laughs> think that like the thinker that she is, yep. she's not going to sign off on this. It just feels something feels a little off. Oh, you, something feels like she wasn't consulted. Oh, you mean that reasonable black lady who lost her son <laughs> isn't going to like yeah. uh, follow the dude who hires a Mexican man to play him in a film? That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Something don't feel right. So there are other theories that I think mm -hmm. uh, we should unpack and really talk about. Have you ever heard of the sevens theory in relation to no. Tupac? Okay, this no, is exciting that? because if you liked uh, Rick Boss's film, you're going to enjoy the sevens theory. The sevens theory argues that the reoccurrence of the number seven in Tupac's life is proof of him being still alive. Number one. He was shot on September 7th. That's the first thing that people point to. He was shot on September 7th. He technically okay. died, although they say he died six days later. If you count the day that he was shot, which was 11.15 p.m., and you count that as a mm -hmm. singular day, he died on the seventh day after in his hospitalization. Then he was pronounced dead at 4.03 p.m. Four plus three equals seven 
And finally, and this is my favorite one, Tupac's birthday is on the 16th. One plus six equals seven. And if you add that all up, Tupac somehow is still alive because seven. <laughs> Somebody should be playing dice, number one, right. with all these sevens keep popping up. Right. Uh, all these sevens keep popping up. Number two, who took the time to do all the math yep. to put all these sevens together? And what if you have sevens in your life and you're not Pac? What does that mean? Like, do do you? Should somebody test the theory out? Like, sure. what, is, what does that even mean? You're right. I, I think you're asking a very important question that I'm sure they didn't consider when they were adding all this shit up. They were like, all right, I see a lot of sevens. That means he's alive. And it's like, yeah, but many people have a lot of sevens in their lives. What are you doing? Also, it's a stretch to get to them sevens, too. Yeah. It's not like like three of them sevens were stretching. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, besides the first one, they're all just some shit you're really pulling hard for. People, I think, to your earlier point, were very desperate for Tupac to still be alive and they were willing to pull and pick wherever they could to try to make sense of this whole thing. Who came up with that? Was it somebody black? Uh, I hope not, but yeah, I don't know. I want the best for us. So I'm going to say, nah, it was a white man, an evil white man who came up with that. But I have no idea. I have no clue. I'll be looking for sevens all day long now. It's 1047 right, right. now. <laughs> Tupac alive. <laughs> <laughs> it's 1047 a.m. right now. I was born on December 27th. Whoa. Your T-shirt has eight, six, seven uh-huh. in the first three numbers. That's right. Talk that talk. You know what I'm saying? So when you put it all together, yep. it just adds to the seven theory. Yep. Tupac the still seven, alive. The 777 theory that Pac is alive. <laughs> I like what you did right there. All these there. sevens, bro. Hold on. All these sevens. That's called motherfucking bars, yeah. nigga. Don't know nothing about that. <laughs> you don't know nothing about that. He's spitting bars, you idiots. <laughs> Tupac alive. Look at all these sevens everywhere. Okay, so here are some of the arguments that have uh, supported the suspicion that Tupac is alive in Cuba. In 2010, okay. Tretch of Naughty by Nature fame, Tretch, during an interview where he was asked about Tupac's death, responds by saying the last time he saw the man, he was in Cuba. Was this a paid interview? Uh, probably. I have to assume so. <laughs> it's 2010. This ain't Tretch at uh, his most successful and and popping. I don't want to... I don't want to dig in nobody's pockets, but I'm curious yeah. <laughs> if the tax returns warrant an interview <laughs> where you're paid to say some crazy sure. shit. I'm just curious. Your accountant sits you down and he's like, hey, man, we're going to need something hot this year because <laughs> we got to do something. <laughs> it's starting to dry up around here. These residuals, they, they're not covering everything. If only you could earn $7. <laughs> Okay, so the other reason and sort of the other lead reason that uh, Cuba is sort of picked as a place that Tupac ended up is because Asada Shakur, uh, godmother Mm -hmm. of Tupac, was Mm -hmm. already Mm -hmm. located in Cuba under political asylum. And so the suspicion is that Tupac naturally went to a place where he is both, you know, has a relationship with somebody and somebody Mm -hmm. who already has found protection in you know a country and so he did the same and you know was kicking it there with asada 
No, nah, I mean, you know, I hope my aunt takes me in anywhere I go, wherever sure. she is. If I need to go, I hope my aunt takes me in. You know what I'm saying? She was in Cuba for different reasons. Yep. Uh, <laughs> clearly, um, you know, when we go back and look through the history books. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I am very appreciative of her taking in her nephew yeah. uh, and looking out. You know? Yes. I think that there's a dangerous conflation happening here. In saying that Tupac's supposed fake death is comparable to this transformative figure in history. Remarkable woman. (laughs) Who was accused of murder that she didn't commit and had to flee a country is not the same as a dude who had a a weird friendship with a mean man who stole money from him. It just ain't, I don't know that we want to compare the same thing. right. Yeah. Okay. But I appreciate her for taking him in if that's the case. If she did do it, you know. Yeah. It just goes to show who she is. Good lady. You know what I'm saying? Still a good lady. She's a good <laughs> She's a good lady. All right. So here's the now we get into I think the biggest sort of like red flag in all of the Tupac theory is Suge Knight. Suge Knight is sort of mm. like the the guy who makes a lot of this stuff complicated because when Tupac was killed, as you know, I assume Suge Knight was the only other person in the car with him. He gets in the car with Suge Knight. He, in fact, tells his bodyguard and his girl, Quincy Jones' daughter, tells them both to get out the car and go in a different car separate from him and Suge. And then all 14 shots are fired, four of which hit Tupac, two in the chest, one in the leg, one in the arm, and none hit Suge Knight. One grazes his head, uh, and he claims the bullet is still in the skull from the day that Tupac was shot. I will say, if you think about his decision making, mm-hmm. since <laughs> that year, sure, <laughs> something's been, something's been, you know, something's a little, a little off. He's, you know what I'm saying? Like, he's behaving like a man who's been shot in the head. Maybe with a bullet still in there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe the still bullet pressing on a load right. somewhere. It didn't go all the way through. That's clear. You're obviously alive and well, but I don't you're not as sharp as a man without a bullet in his head. Yeah. So I'm I'm confused. So Pox told Kandata and the uh the security guard to get out of the car and to get another car, or Suge told him to? Uh the suggestion is that Tupac did that. And this is the argument, at least, that perhaps Tupac knew that this thing was coming and he was going to use this as his chance for escape, that this was all sort of staged as a way of keeping everyone not only safe, but also for him to be able to make his grand uh, exit from the United States. Go with me for a second. Hold on. Wait a minute, because now you're getting into something that that feels like you have a are you about to pitch me a theory? I'm about to pitch you. I'm about to pitch you an alternate theory. Okay, I'm going to give you this is a fun time because now we're introducing a fun game I like to play. It's called Talk That Talk. I like to give my guests 30 <laughs> seconds to go down a train to fully explain whatever they got in their head. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. I'm going to play some music underneath you. Jay Ellis, Talk That Talk. All right, here we go. So he knows it's coming, but what happens is he doesn't get out of the car in time. The hit is really meant for Suge because Suge won't give him his money, right? Mm. So he doesn't get out of the car in time. He takes the hits. Suge then knows that he set it all up. So Suge now is coming after Pac. So as soon as Pac gets out of the hospital, he goes to Navajo Nation with Rick Boss (laughs) on the 7th of October. 
Oh, there it is. There it is. Talk that talk, Jay Ellis. Rick Boss was in it the whole time. From the day one, bro. From day one. There is something fascinating, though. If Tupac did, in fact, tell his security guard and his girl to get out of this car, there's a real possibility that he knew this hit was coming and maybe, by your argument, staged it to handle Suge. It didn't work, mm-hmm. and then he had to escape because he had started. And he had to flee because he started a war. So now he had to flee. Wow, Tupac, and he called his boy Rick Boss, and Rick was like, "Yo, I got a spot for you." That's amazing. They're gonna take you in. You're gonna be a little lighter than what you are now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We'll get you some bleaching cream, but <laughs> you're gonna. Have, but we got you. You're gonna have to really Sammy Sosa this look a little bit, but otherwise, <laughs> we're gonna. You're gonna do it. You're gonna be free. You can never leave this reservation ever, no. even though you're a, a multi-platinum. <laughs> Listen, if you thought being black was bad, we are taking you somewhere that's even tougher. But you'll yeah. be alive. And uh, yeah, maybe you could come back. Probably you not. You want to know another group of people the government has shit on even more than <laughs> <Sure>. you? <laughs> yeah. Certainly more effectively than they have black people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I, this is the last piece of important information for us to unpack before we go to break. The last thing that I'll tell you is that, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, is that Tupac spends six days in the hospital and then he supposedly dies. Suge Knight claims that he visited Tupac in the hospital and at one point was doing fine, was like totally up and awake and uh, laughing and joking, and then at some point took a dip for the worse. Now, The day after Tupac dies, his body is cremated. They don't give any time in between the death and the cremation and the open funeral. The open casket funeral that was supposed to happen for Tupac is basically canceled. And they just like cremate his body. Nobody ever sees the body. And this is one of the main arguments that people make that because we haven't seen his body and because they made a point of keeping the body secret that he is still alive. All I heard in there was Suge went to see him and he was great. Uh And then when Suge (laughs) left, he wasn't so great. That's all I heard in that whole thing. He was great when Suge got there, but when Suge left, he went downhill. All I know. That's all I heard. I don't know nothing else, but that's what I heard in that whole theory, bro. I love that Suge's just snitching on himself. He was like, nah, he was doing good before I showed up. And then, I don't know. And then I left. I don't know. I don't know what happened to him. So this is the even scarier part, to your point, is that there are suggestions that the person who did the cremation said that the body that he cremated was 50 pounds heavier and taller than Tupac was. That it basically was just a larger man than the person that he was meant to be cremating based on, like, the hospital records. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. that man who did the cremation, never worked again. That's what all the conspiracy theories say, that he was not only taken out of the cremation business, but that, like, no one ever heard from him again. So we got two people missing in our uh-huh. <laughs> Possibly three, because we got a body that's been cremated, and we don't know the identity of we that We don't person. know that, man. We don't know where Pocky yep. is. And now our cremator yep. is gone and has disappeared as well. So we got three missing people in this case. Yeah. And Rick Boss knows where they all are. He can tell us. <laughs> <gasps> <gasps> oh, on, a, on a reservation. <laughs> yeah, they are. 
Yeah, I, I I don't know, man. Something about that just don't feel right. Again, something about that just seems a little weird. So we really don't know what happened to the cremation guy? Uh, According to the weird YouTube videos that I watched, no. I don't think that there's uh, a lot of tracking of cremation guy. But I will say this. I don't know where most cremation guys are. So I don't know that that's evidence <laughs> right. of anything. Like, right. I... It's not like I know who cremated anybody. And I've certainly right, not, right, I haven't been keeping right, tabs right. on like those celebrity cremators. You know what I mean? It's not a spreadsheet floating no. around. An air, air table floating around. Right, that's not a BuzzFeed article. Who? Which celebrity cremator are you that you fill out? You know what I mean? It's No, it's bullshit. Oh, All right, we're going to oh. take a break and then we'll be back with more Jay Ellis and more My Mama Told Me. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Yeah, we're back here with more Jay Ellis, more My Mama Told Me. We're still talking about what happened to Tupac, the cremator, and the crematee. We want to know all of this shit. These people are missing, and Jazzy Faye. All of them are missing, and we want to know where everybody is, and we hope they're in New Mexico doing fine, learning about uh, the Navajo Nation and everything they've got going on. Jazzy Faye and Rick Boss are doing an album together. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen! Jazzy Faye. <laughs> I'd love that. Oh, man. I, if Jazzy Faye and Rick Boss link up and do a collab, that'd be beautiful. Jazzy Faye going to do the score for the movie. Oh, if Jazzy Faye's on the score and it's just yeah. my goodies playing underneath like the murder scene. Jazzy Faye. <laughs> I'd love that so much. All right. We're going to play a game. 
This is a fun game that I like to call White, White Lies. Lies. Ugly, you're disgusting, I'm gonna kill you, give me $200. White Lies, this is a fun game where I am going to introduce to you a traditional white conspiracy theory, one that is widely mm. supported in the white community, and I would like for you to take the time to unpack why you think this conspiracy theory is so important to white people. What are those sneaky motherfuckers up to? You got it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Okay. So apparently, white people for years have been arguing that LSD, the drug LSD, was invented by the government specifically as some version of mind control or some version of manipulation of the population. And it was tested on soldiers, right? Wouldn't that the whole thing? That's the argument that it was tested on soldiers. And one of the bigger conspiracies that comes out of that is that John Lennon of the Beatles is murdered because of his knowledge about where LSD came from and he started talking too much. Like he started being too hot on the microphones about LSD and so they get a guy to, to take him out. Why do you think, Jay Ellis, that white people believe in this conspiracy about LSD? Because they don't want to believe that government is corrupt and actually created the entire drug problem. <laughs> that actually drugs came from the government like, right. <laughs> and, and have been widely supported and financed by the government. Uh, that's the only thing I could think of, man, because, you you know, you don't want to believe your stars and bars is the problem. Yeah. This is them just fully like being uh, made awake for the first time to like. Mm hmm. They're like seeing something that that otherwise has been pretty blatantly clear in all day. Yeah. And in, in heroin, in crack, uh -huh. in coke and weed, whatever it is, it's been blatant and everything else. But LSD is where they woke up. Right. I like that. For some reason. Th Maybe it's like after they took a hit, you know what I'm saying? After they took a tab. They had a moment where they just all they saw it. All the pieces kind of just came together for them in this beautiful, like, you know, right. it's like a it's like a Van Gogh painting, like a like a starry night or something. You know what I'm yeah. saying? All the colors just started bleeding together and they were like, Uncle Sam gave me this. <laughs> I love that. That this was the first time where like it just felt beautiful that like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh, this is the government. Oh, this isn't that different between crack cocaine and everything else that yeah. they do in different communities. Yeah. Okay. But but I do love the idea, too, that it's like there's some mind control element to it because I feel like that's also a huge part of it. It's like if it was just a drug that like the government had put out in the world, mm -hmm. I don't think they would support it. But I think the mind control piece of it. Right. You know what I'm saying? The Tea Party love that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, it feels like the government is trying to take your rights from you. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Big Brother is watching you. They, you know what I'm saying? I feel like that's a whole. Well, that's. That's a whole slippery I, slope. Yeah. I think you're getting into something that's really important with white people is that they, like all people, don't like being controlled. But they especially have not been controlled, at least in terms mm -hmm. of like the traditional ways that we look at control in in the world and mm -hmm. politics. And so even the premise of somebody coming mm -hmm. in and taking advantage of them or controlling their choices feels like a criminal conspiracy theory that they need to unpack. When in fact, you probably were just getting high with your friends and uh, losing exactly. control of your own body.
And if they wasn't so hot, they'd probably grab their guns and go storm a capital like right. <laughs> like they did in, in Michigan and everywhere right. else. You know what I'm saying? But but they were tripping too hard, sure. so they couldn't figure it out. Honestly, these drugs have been huge for race relations. And if, in fact, the government did invent them, I hope they keep inventing more drugs. I hope you can invent all the mind control drugs that keep white people more, you know, as timid as they need to be to keep us from being attacked and, and keep us alive. Right, murdered for their pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think we did it. I think we nailed it. I think that that was perfect. Jay Ellis, can you tell everybody where they can find you? Cool shit you have going on? Uh, Yo, man, socials, you can find me at J.R. Ellis, J-A-Y-R-E-L-L-I-S. Cool shit. Uh, nah. I'm just kicking it right now. Nah. Uh, <laughs> Insecure on HBO, Top Gun next summer, Mrs. America on FX, Hulu, uh, The Untold Story, Policing, uh, wherever you podcast. And that's it, man. That's a lot of cool shit. He's a cool dude. One more time for my guest, Jay Ellis. Hell yeah. Oh, I thought I was going to get the horn. Oh, you want the horn? I got you. We'll throw those in, too. <laughs> Hilarious. And as always, follow us. Uh, you know, like and subscribe and do whatever weird shit you do to the podcast. I'm really enjoying reading all of the uh, comments. <laughs> I hate myself enough to read everything that people write. And I'm having a ball. I truly am. Some of them are terribly mean and i can't get enough of them so please keep commenting liking and subscribing and uh oh and if you have anything that you would like to send me drops artwork recordings whatever it may be please send them to my mama pod at gmail.com send anything and everything there i would love to see it bye Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. If tonight's movie night is just what you need, make it special with the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies.